YA is sponsored by Book Riot Insiders. Bag your bookish perks with a 14-day free trial of Book Riot Insiders. Sign up for a monthly or yearly novel subscription and the first 14 days are free. You can wishlist upcoming releases you're dying to read, get exclusive podcasts and newsletters, enter to win swag, and have access to the new release index curated by all the book's hosts and bird, bird, book lover, (laughs) Liberty Hardy. It'll help you keep track of the most exciting upcoming books. Come on in. Your bag of bookish perks is waiting. Go to bookriot.com slash insiders to find out more. And there are no birds involved with that at all. Or maybe there is, because there is Reginald. I don't know. I don't know. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from new stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book right podcast hosted by Kelly Jensen and Eric Smith. We are recording on Friday, November 23rd, 2018, and both of us are new to podcasting today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Not bad, not bad. You know, just hanging out. Getting ready to record. I got a. There's a deer right outside my window <laughs> that is uh, providing lots of entertainment for the dog. So I apologize in advance for uh, any interruptions. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I have been reading up a storm, and I think it's. It feels like I've read a lot more than I have because we haven't talked in like three weeks. Yeah. Um, so it's like I'm looking through my red pile, and I'm like, oh, I've read a lot, but really, it probably is about average. Um, but a couple of highlights I was going to talk about real quick. Um, I need you to read The Seven Torments of Amy and Craig by Don Zelitis. Um, it might be uh, what I'm calling the underrated love com of 2018. Uh, I mentioned to somebody on the Book Riot channel that it's a rom-com without being a capital R romance. So mm-hmm. you know at the very beginning that there's not going to be happily ever after. Um, and so that's not a spoiler. Like that's page one. You know that. Um, yeah. Would you call that a romantic comedy still, or like is love com a better phrasing for that? Yeah, maybe love com because you know I think about like Five Hundred Days of Summer and like you know that movie's not going to end well when you yeah. start it. Yeah. Uh, but it's still kind of rom commy throughout some of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I need you to read it because you'll love it. It's um, it's set in the '90s. It's set in Janesville, Wisconsin, which for me was like the big draw. But um, it. It captures the town perfectly, it captures that time frame perfectly, and it's about these two very realistic teens who have real ups and downs in their relationship in ways that are very, like, teenage kids. Um, the dialogue is really, really good, and it's very obvious that Zelitis, the author, is um, he's a playwright for high schoolers. And so, like, you can tell he knows how teens talk and operate and, like, interact with each other. And um, it was just a real delight. Um, As I was reading it, I kept thinking of you and not just because – Amy, the one of the main characters, she's adopted, and that's a, a through thread through the book. Oh, but, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that made me think of you, and also the fact that it was just funny. Like it was just a really enjoyable read, and one of those that, like, I sat down and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna read a little bit, and then you know, the next thing I knew, like, I'd finished the book. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
The other one I read and loved is one I know you've read and enjoyed, and that is uh, Summer Bird Blue by Kimi Don Bowman. Uh, yes. I inhaled it in a single sitting on an airplane last week. I was like, oh, you know, I'll read a little of this. I'll read uh, this other book that I'm working my way through. But I actually just read this one straight through instead of picking up the other book. Um, it's a really lovely novel about grief and loss and about figuring out who you are and understanding that not Every decision that another person makes is meant to hurt you. Um, there's a really fantastically done relationship between our main character, Rumi, and her mother uh, when her sister dies in a car accident. And we only see it from Rumi's point of view, which is at times like difficult to read because she's not always especially likable. Um, but yet mm -hmm. she's very, very sympathetic. You totally sympathize with everything she's going through. Um, and there were times the way she acted towards her mother, I just wanted to shake her and be like, come on. But you know, like, <laughs> you know exactly where it's coming from as well. And you know that, like, there's more to it than we're really being led to believe. And um, oh, I really liked it. Yeah, I love her books. Like, honestly, like, every Akimi book that gets announced is going to be like an instant purchase for me. Um, they just announced uh, there's, a, there's another book of hers coming out in. Uh, it's like 2020, so we have to wait a little while. Um, but if Simon Pulse wants to send me an arc in the <laughs> middle of next year, they can. Um, so it's called it's called Harley in the Sky. I don't Ooh. know if you heard, um, mm. but yeah. So it's it's about a multi. I'm just gonna read the blip on her website. Yeah. Um, so it's a multi about a multiracial teenage girl who dreams of quitting school to become a trapeze artist Ooh. in her parents' Las Vegas circus against their wishes, um, prompting her to join a rival circus. <laughs> uh, there she grows close to a handsome musician and performer while untangling her family's complicated past and present, uh, which I'm very excited about. I hope we get to find out why they're like a rival circus, you know, like I'm, I'm already invested. I, I, need, I, I need the book right now. I think that sounds awesome. Hi, I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about circus books. Like, yeah. You know, like I... I feel like I always romanticize like festivals and circuses. I'm like, oh, it must be so exciting to work here. Uh, and then these books are like, surprise! Look, look how terrible things get. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, like the night circus. I'm like, oh, circuses must be fun. And then it's like, surprise! There are evil magicians that are pitting people against one another. And you know, that's that's a harsh reality. I think. <laughs> uh, the other book I was going to mention really quickly that I read that I love. And I think that our listeners would be totally into uh, it's called Paperback Crush by Gabrielle Moss. And I think technically it's an adult book, but it's about uh, young. I shouldn't say young adult. It's about teen and tween series fiction that came out in the 80s and 90s. So uh, just about like all of those series books you can imagine. So Sweet Valley High, we've got Babysitter's Club, we've got like all of those series romances that came out and uh, Moss does a really good job of like talking about the trends and talking about what existed while also doing a really thoughtful job of highlighting how white and upper middle class these books were. And then she also digs to find the books that were a little bit more um, diverse than that. And uh, it was just a, just a really fun read. The book is set up sort of scrapbook style, kind of like oh. you're just like hanging out with a friend talking about, you know, these books, super nostalgic, like, this is not deep literary analysis. This is just like, 
you know, something you pick up and put down and, and enjoy and sort of like relive your own youth if you're an old like I am. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what about you? What have you been reading? Yeah, that sounds super fun. Um, well, since we last talked, it's wild to think we did, haven't done an episode in three weeks because we did that that backup episode. Um, <laughs> uh, so I went to the Tennessee Book Festival, which was just this, like, absolute joy. And I got to spend some time with, like, Justina Ireland and Katie Cotungo and, and Natalie C. Parker, uh, Lauren Gibaldi. Um, all did this panel together. It was amazing. Um, and I spent, like, the whole festival just, like, screaming about being there and was asked to leave the library multiple times. Um, <laughs> but I picked up another Joel Charbonneau book at the festival to get signed, um, which is funny because this is, like, the second festival in a row that she's been there and I've ran to get a copy of her book to get signed while <laughs> we were at the thing. Um, so I picked up a copy of Need. Um, it's this very, like, M.T. Anderson-esque book um, where these, like, teens get addicted uh, quite literally, to the latest social networking toy. Um, came back out in, in 2015. has been on my radar for a while because, you know, I, too, use social media. <laughs> and, it's, uh, <laughs> and it's very fun to read. I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself that it took so long to, uh, to get to it. Um, and I also started rereading uh, A Conspiracy of Us by Maggie Hall. Um, so I was at a, a used bookstore the other day, and there was a copy for like a dollar, like the paperback speak editions. And I was like, oh, this will look so nice if I get all three of these together. So <laughs> that's how you get me, <laughs> book, book publishers. Uh, so I bought the other two because I kind of slept on the rest of the trilogy, um, which is a, I'm mad at myself for because I really loved the first book. Um, so I'm rereading it right now. It's this very, like, Da Vinci Code-esque YA thriller about a, a teen who discovers her family as part of this, like, like, Illuminati-esque society. Um, and she has to unravel a bunch of secrets to, uh, to save the world from, uh, basically World War III might happen as a result of these, these dark secrets coming to light. Um, and the middle of it, throughout the whole series, there's, like, this epic love triangle going on. Uh, so it's very swoony, very thrillery. And, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to uh, dig into the other books after finishing this one. Um, yeah, and I don't know what it is about, like, the the swoony romance in the middle of the world might end sort of <laughs> books. Um, I forget where I was at. I was at a, another festival, and I was listening to a friend Wild talk, and she said, said something along the lines of, like, uh, how there isn't, like, a ton of romance in her books because she doesn't think there's time for love when the world is ending. And, like, I laughed. And I was like, yeah, I agree. And then I read a book like this, and I'm like, oh, but maybe there is time. <laughs> maybe we can make it work. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be reading that again. <laughs> Aww. You were reminding me of... Uh, I was at a book festival last weekend oh man i can't remember like dates and times and um i was at the allen festival the mm. assembly uh something something young adult literature uh it's teachers and educators and librarians who love young adult books get in this giant room they get these giant boxes of books and then they spend two days listening to YA authors talk on a whole variety of of topics and uh oh, wow. it, it's a very cool event like you're only on stage as an author for like 20 minutes it's like super short super quick and um i got to do an in conversation with amy reed uh whose books i've talked about on here many times which is really really cool but um reason i went off on this tangent was that i wanted to say um thank you to everybody who came up and said that they listened to the show like that is the coolest thing when you're there doing like your authorly things and someone's like 
I've been listening to Hey YA for forever and love it and love what you guys are doing. And uh, so I just wanted to say thank you. That's always nice to hear that, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, my goodness. So, um, you know, I'm better known for my podcasts than my books. And (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's fine, right? You know? (laughs) It's okay. I make those jokes all the time about, like, my agent and author life. I'm like, I'm a better agent than I am an author. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) You know what? The goal is the same, right? It's to to highlight great books and to be a part of a community that supports these books. So, you know. It's true. It's fine. It is what it is. Buy my books. By Eric's books. In all seriousness, let's hit up our first sponsor, and then we will dig into why you need to buy our books. Uh, Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So our first sponsor is Dragon Shadow by L. Catherine White. Pride, prejudice, monsters. No one... I know. I know. I love that. No one said marriage to a dragon rider would be easy. Eliza and Alistair may have found their happy ending at the end of Hearthstone, but the story is far from over. In Dragon Shadow, the married couple once again finds themselves matching wits, charm, and swords as they are caught up in an epic battle, and author L. Catherine White once again infuses elements of Jane Austen's beloved novels with her own brand of magic. It's Pride and Prejudice with Dragons. Heartsung, the first book in the series, was a fantastical retelling of the Austin classic. Dragonstone, the sequel, is the perfect read for anyone that wondered what happened after the Pride and Prejudice wedding. Eliza is a wonderful protagonist. She's brave, charming, and witty, just like her Pride and Prejudice counterpart, Elizabeth Bennet. Dragon Shadow has incredible world building. It's a story filled with creatures we know and love like dragons, but also some you may have not known about, like... Lamias and Valkyries, light historical fantasy that is accessible and engaging for all readers, not just for fans of historical fiction or fantasy. And that is our first sponsor, Dragon Shadow by L. Catherine White. That sounds super fun. It does sound fun. So speaking of fun, this is our gift guide episode. Yay! All the recommendations. All, all the, the recommendations. All the recommendations. All of the books. And uh, let's start by, we we put a call out for people to write in if they wanted a book recommendation, a, a, a gift idea, a reading recommendation, however you want to swing it. Um, we, of course, waited till the last minute to do it. We waited until yes. Thanksgiving week to do it. Uh, so we didn't get as many as we probably would have if we'd planned a little bit further in advance. Uh, but that's how we roll here on Hey YA. So mm-hmm. we will we will start with the write-ins, and then the second half of the show will be dedicated to uh, a series of topics I brainstormed that I thought might be fun to talk about book recommendations for. And uh, we'll we'll make it sound like. It's off the cuff, but really, you know that we have like 12 pages of notes for how we're going to talk about these things. It's a lot. It's a lot. So um, the first one, I will read, and then if you want to do the second one especially, because I think I think that one's close to your heart. Um, yes. <laughs> so the first question, or the, I guess the first recommendation request comes from Katie, and she writes, I teach full-time. So holidays are a great time for me to indulge in read, read, read. I'm looking for some new suggestions. I only read YA, usually magic, supernatural themed stories. I love Garth Nix, Sally Green, 
Lainey Taylor, plus many others. Dystopian-themed books are great, too. So, Katie, we have some recommendations for you. Um, Eric, do you want to start? Absolutely. Uh, also, whenever I see Sally Green's name on a list, I am reminded that I really need to read her books. <laughs> the the half-bad books, I've not read them yet, and they're sitting on my bookshelf. Um, all right, so the first one I'm going to recommend is actually a book I haven't read yet. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> And that is Stronger, Faster, and More Beautiful by Arwen Ellis Dayton. Um, so yeah, I haven't read this one yet, but there's just critical acclaim all over the place for this one. <laughs> it's gotten so many stars, and it's just sitting on my desk waiting to be read. Um, and it sounds very Westworld-ish, uh, with a sort of sci-fi dystopia, so here's your dystopian recommendation. Um, set in our world, spanning the near to distant future, Stronger, Faster, and More Beautiful is a novel made up of six interconnected stories, which I want to talk about in a minute, uh, that ask how far we will go to remake ourselves into the perfect human specimens, and how hard that will push the definition of human. Uh, this extraordinary work explores the amazing possibilities of genetic manipulation and life extension, as well as the ethical quandaries uh, that will arise with these advances. The results, resu the results range from heavenly to monstrous. Uh, deeply thoughtful, poignant, horrifying, and action-packed, uh, both in form and substance. So this one is really interesting to me because it's uh, six interconnected stories, and um, other than, like, the occasional YA anthology that has, like, you know, 15 authors telling one story, like, this isn't really something you see much yeah, anymore, I, you know? Yeah, I feel like maybe I've seen one recently, but I wonder if it was the description for this one. Like, mm. it's one of those things that it's so rare when you see it, you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then, unless you pick it up, sometimes it's easy to forget. But um, I, I love the idea of doing that. Like, that's a really clever way to tell a story and just sets a book apart a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see more of that. I know we used to see a lot of that in, like, adult fantasy and, like, adult science fiction, like, a while back. Um, yeah, it's something that's not, not as around anymore as it should be. So, uh, check that one out. The stars are all over the place on it. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to read it. Uh, my first recommendation for Katie is, uh, I'm going a little bit different here, uh, The Princess and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang. It's, uh, I, I think it would be a fun one to read when I'm thinking, like, what you like to read, um, this doesn't really fall in the magic or supernatural, except it feels magical to me. Like, when I read it, it felt like just a, a really magical story um, in the sense that the main character gets what they really want. Um, it follows a prince named Sebastian. This is, a, I should mention, this is a graphic novel, and um, the author is also the illustrator. Uh, it follows a prince named Sebastian whose parents are trying to find him a wife. Uh, but he doesn't want that life. Instead, he's able to transform himself into his alter ego, Lady Cristalia, thanks to his brilliant dressmaker, Francis. She's the only one who knows that he loves wearing dresses, and the book is about how Sebastian finally allows the world to see who he really is. Um, it's a fun, fun, fun book, and I included it because it's different and yet, like I said, feels magical because it has such beautiful illustrations and really... Um, there's this magic of Sebastian becoming who he really is and um, what that what that looks like and feels like to him as well as to Francis, the dressmaker who was really his um, ally and best friend throughout the whole story. And that is The Princess and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang. Oh, I really need to read that. I loved her work on um, uh, uh, In Real Life, the Cory Doctorow mm -hmm. book they, they wrote together. Um, yeah, I, I need to uh, I need to get on that. I think that's her, right? Yeah, Maybe? it is. It is. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> um, so my next one uh, is Black Wings Beating by Alex London. Uh, here's my fantasy pick for you. Um, so it's another newer book released this year and the start of an epic fantasy series. And I'm like, honestly, if you're reading like a best of list at the end of this year that doesn't have this book on it, I think that list is wrong. Um, <laughs> it's just, uh, just this amazing start to an epic series uh, in this world that revolves around falconry um, with just these really complex sibling relationships and all this heavy political upheaval. Um, I think it's unlike anything that's come out this year. And, you know, as the war is descending on these little villages that are, uh, you know, basically making their lives around falcons, some epic choices are going to have to be made uh, between the uh, two main characters. Um, yeah, pick it up. It's great and exciting and uh, getting much acclaim, which it certainly uh, deserves. And that's uh, Black Wings Beating by Alex London. My next one is one I haven't read, so I'm going to do the thing Eric did and, you know, read the description of it. But uh, I heard the author and saw her at one of the events I was at, and as soon as I read this question, like, this book popped into my head um, as one that might be good. It's called A Touch of Gold by Annie Sullivan, and it's the first in a series. Um it's a retelling of the King Midas story, but follows what happens to his daughter, Princess Cora. Uh, and then this is a description from Goodreads. King Midas once had the ability to turn all he touched into gold, but after his gift or curse almost killed his daughter, Midas relinquished the touch forever. Ten years later, Princess Cora still bears the consequences of her father's wish. Her skin shines gold, rumors follow her everywhere she goes, she harbors secret powers that are getting harder to hide. Cora spends her days locked in the palace, concealed behind gloves and veils, trying to ignore the stares and gossip of courtiers. It isn't until a charming young dude arrives. I love that they say, oh, it says Duke, not dude. I was like, <laughs> I love that it says dude, but it doesn't actually say that. I made my own like word up there. So I'll start that sentence again the correct way. <laughs> It isn't until a charming young Duke arrives that Cora realizes there may be someone out there who doesn't fear her or her curse. But their courtship is disrupted when a thief steals precious items from the kingdom, leaving the treasury depleted and King Midas vulnerable. Thanks to her unique ability to sense gold, Cora is the only one who can track the thief down. As she sails off on her quest, Cora learns that not everything is what it seems. Not thieves, not pirates, and not even curses. She's quickly she quickly discovers that gold and the power it brings is more dangerous than she'd ever believe. Midas learned his lesson at a price, but what will Cora's journey cost? And that is mm. A Touch of Gold by Annie Sullivan. That sounds awesome. I don't know how I haven't read that one yet. Um... Let's see, my next one is uh, another dystopian pick, and that's Replica by Lauren Oliver. Because um, I feel like this one, a lot like the uh, Illuminae series, is one of those books that begs to be given as a gift. Like, it feels like, I know we talked about this in a past episode, but it feels like one of those objects you just, like, need to have on your shelf to show people. <laughs> um, for book lovers that are young or, you know, of any age, perhaps old such as me. Um, <laughs> I love having the series on my bookshelf. It's one of those books that, like, even when I'm reorganizing my shelves, it always stays up there. Um, so with Replica, I'll talk about what it's about first, maybe. Um, it's a book that can be read uh, from front to back, back to front, uh, because there are two novels printed on opposite pages that tell the same story from different uh, viewpoints. Um, it's about these two teens, replicas, uh, living in a highly secured facility, and by replicas, I mean clones. Um, 
the and as is the case in most clone stories, uh, the main characters break out and go on a journey of self-discovery that's earth-shattering and exciting in this very uh, depressing, futuristic world. Um, and yeah, I'll never get tired of that trope. You know, one day we have to talk <laughs> about it, of the, the trope of clone finds out they are a clone uh, story. Um, I don't know what it is about it, but whenever I hear a clone book, I need to go get it. Um, so yeah, like I was saying, it has this uh, unique way that it's printed front and back, um, it has this really neat transparent cover that you can slide it up and slide it off and the cover changes color. Um, I'm usually not one of those, oh, you need the hardcover people, um, but this is one of those, get the hardcover because the paperback doesn't have the cool slip cover on it. Um, and that's Replica by Lauren Oliver. There are two books in the series and they both look gorgeous on the bookshelf. I haven't read that one yet, but you make me want to read it. Oh, it's so fun. And they're really quick reads too. Those are words I like, really quick reads. Yes. (laughs) Uh, My last recommendation is also one I found to be a quick read, even though it's a really big book, Um, and that is The Astonishing Color of After by Emily X. R. Pan, which perfect for the magic side of things, right? Uh, The book is realistic with a touch of magic, as it follows a girl whose mother dies by suicide. Uh, She's convinced that there's this this bird that she's been seeing is her mother, and... um, It's through this belief that she's able to then trace a long family history that gives her a better idea of who her mother really was and uh, gives some background into her family that she was unaware existed. Um, The writing is gorgeous, it's lush, and um, it has that perfect touch of magic to, I don't want to say temper the sadness, but it does. It helps make the sadness a little bit uh, less overwhelming to the story. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. And that is The Astonishing Color of After by Emily XR Pan. Oh, man, those are some good recommendations. Uh, so let's dig into the, the next one, shall we? We shall. Um, so this one's from Amy. Um, and she said, maybe it's just that I have mammoth on my mind. <laughs> uh, but I'd definitely love any books with leads who love science. Prehistoric humans are my catnip. But I'd love to read more main characters who do science. Um so this is a particularly amusing question <laughs> for me because uh, Mammoth is a book I worked on in my agent life. So it's making me very happy to see uh, people are reading it. I, um, as soon as I got this question, I remembered that I hadn't yet put it on request at the library. So as I was typing up notes this morning, I was like, oh yeah, go to the library website right now and, and put it on hold. So it'll be in for me <laughs> this weekend and I can't wait to read it. Um, I don't have as much knowledge on, like, the prehistoric human side of this question, but I do know a few YA books featuring teens who love science, and um, all the ones I'm going to talk about are a little bit older, Um, and so I'll start with Bad Taste in Boys by Carrie Harris. It's uh, the first in a duology, and uh, it's a zombie novel, and it's Mm -hmm. hilarious. It is so funny. Uh, The main character, Kate, loves science. She's a big, big science nerd and uh it's her passion for science that drives the story Uh, after discovering that the football coach has given all of the players steroids that essentially turn them into zombies whoops oh my god (laughs) (laughs) kate takes it upon herself to find a cure uh it's it's really it's light it's amusing and uh plays on a lot of the like high school tropes you know like you've got your nerds and your jocks but also they're zombies and uh it's the nerdy girl who you know helps solve a big uh zombie outbreak in her high school um and that is bad taste in boys by carrie harris 
Oh my God, how have I not read that? That sounds amazing. Um, it was funny. So as I was reading uh, our question there, and you were talking about how like, oh, I'm really not sure about prehistoric YA books. I remembered one off the top of my head, Ooh. and that's um, Ivory and Bone by Julie Eshbaugh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a really cool uh, duology that is set in, uh, you know, uh, I, it's not prehistoric times. What, what is... Uh, oh, well, I'm not smart enough. It's set when there's cavemen. <laughs> 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 and uh, and basically it's about um, two, uh, like, sort of warring uh, caveman tribes. Um, and it's it's basically a Pride and Prejudice retelling set in caveman days with two teens that can't be together because of uh, the, these sort of warring tribes and they, they want to be together. Um, sort of like Pride and Prejudice meets Romeo and Juliet, meets uh, Clan of the Cave Bear, maybe? <laughs> uh, is, is, that, is that it? Um, but yeah, that book is uh, fantastic and, and, and really fun. I haven't read the second book yet. I have it sitting right here. Um, but I did really enjoy the, uh, the first one there. Um, and that's uh, Ivory and Bone by Julie Eshbaugh. My next pick is uh, Deadly by Julie Chabarro. If you um, are interested in all with the legend of Typhoid Mary, this book sort of plays into that a little bit. Um, The story follows a girl whose name is Prudence, and she becomes passionate about science, even though it's supposed to be, you know, men's work, not for ladies. Um, So when Typhoid breaks out across New York City, and many are blaming this outbreak on an Irish immigrant named Mary, Prudence takes it upon herself to get to the bottom of what's really happening. And uh, she mm-hmm. hopes that by using her science knowledge, she can get to the to the bottom of whether Mary has any involvement with this and also, you know, how to cure this ravaging disease. And that is Deadly by Julie Chabarro. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. That sounds awesome. Um, my next pick is a really underrated one, uh, Relativity by Kristen Bashara. Um, I don't know if I brought this one up before, but I think it's... Definitely one of the, yeah, it's definitely one of those most underrated YAs floating around out there. And I haven't heard about anything new from the author. Um, actually, after I was making this list, I tried to go to her website, and it's not there, and she's not on Twitter anymore. Oh, no. So, yeah, Kristen, if you are listening, please write another book. I want to know what you are doing. Um, so this book is about a teen girl who is obsessed with physics and string theory uh, and is wrestling with the loss of her mother and living with her new stepfamily. Um, then she finds a tree that's up on this hill, sort of all alone, very, um, uh, like, I don't know, it's, you know something is up with this tree. Like, if you were outside and you saw this tree on a hill, you would know maybe there's a portal in there. <laughs> um, so she finds this tree on this, up on this hill, uh, there's a weird door on it, she goes inside, and there's this uh, dimension-shifting machine inside with all this writing scrawled all over the place. Um, and when she activates it, she sees different realities where her mom is still alive or where she finally confessed to her best friend that she was in love with him, etc. Um, but every reality comes with its own sort of uh, consequence of being there. You know, Maybe someone's not alive who she wants to be around. Maybe people don't know who she is. Um, it's really heartbreaking and really lovely, and the main character's smitten nature with uh, how the actual science of the dimension leaping uh, is it's all written all over the page and it's really really uh, really interesting uh, and really lovely and uh, yeah write another book Kristen We're, you have fans waiting <laughs> uh, will I go to YA jail if I bring up a middle grade book or can I just no. claim like the Eric defense card 
Yes, do it. Cool. Well, I'm doing that. Um, because when I was poking around for books like Mammoth on the Library Catalog, I came across this uh, this book and wanted to include it on the list. It's called The Chronal Engine by Greg Lighting Smith. And uh, I haven't read it, but I will read the description. Uh, eighth grader Max, so I guess technically like right on that YA border. Um, mm-hmm. And his older brother, Kyle, and their new friend, Petra, travel in time to the Cretaceous period to rescue Kyle's twin, Emma, who was kidnapped from their grandfather's Texas ranch. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very short description. I pulled it from the library catalog. But uh, it includes – I love this part. It includes an author's note about the facts behind the story. So um, I'm assuming that the science in there is pretty, pretty straightforward, pretty um, – heavily played into the story so there's time travel but also like time travel to prehistoric you know times when um which is what the the person who asked the question was looking for so uh that is the chronal engine by greg lighting smith awesome and now i have something that has nothing to do with prehistoric (laughs) anything but has a lot to do with science um and that is chemistry lessons by meredith goldstein um another underrated book that came out um only this one came out this year um about a teen who wants to finish her mother's science experiments um which isn't technically a love potion but is basically a love potion (laughs) and the consequences that happen uh as a result of her uh making this uh happen i guess um it's super charming and swoony uh and written by a journalist who's been curating the boston globe's love letter columns uh for years so she's like a she's an expert uh on real life rom-coms and uh romance has gone awry so um yeah pick this one up uh if you love science because we have a science loving teen uh who's right at the heart of it and that is chemistry lessons by meredith goldstein Thanks to both Amy and Katie for your questions, and hopefully we got you and our listeners some some new reading ideas. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I should also mention that <laughs> Conspiracy of Stars by Olivier Cole has a science-loving teen, but I won't go into it because we're going to lose subscribers. <laughs> a plus. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Eric, do you want to uh, to read the second sponsor? Yes. So our next sponsor um, is So Done by Paula Chase. Uh, Jamila Phillips is so done with secrets. So done with Pirate Cove. So done with everyone calling her Bean. So done with living across the street from her so-called best friend. Uh, Mite Johnson is so done with Summer. So done with Ballet. So done with her useless father. So done with her supposed best friend uh, who answered exactly zero text messages all summer. But how do you take a break from being somebody's best friend? So Done is the middle-grade debut of author Paula Chase. It has been lauded for the way it delves into the complexity of middle school friendships, which are tough to navigate as is. Uh, then So Done takes on a very delicate matter, uh, dumps it into the laps of two 13-year-old girls, and dares the two main characters to ignore it at their own peril. Uh, it's a fall 2018 June Junior Library Guild selection that also has three starred reviews. Uh, but it's a heartbreaking secret at the center of the story that makes So Done one of those books uh, that you hope finds its way into the young reader's hands so they understand the importance uh, of speaking up. I really like so this. Done. Go ahead. I didn't yeah. mean to... Oh, no, I was just saying, and that's So Done by Paula Chase. Don't worry, I'm So Done uh, with the sponsored post right now. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> which, which isn't a reflection on the book. I was, I was yeah. jumping in to say I really like this one. It was really good. Yeah, no, it sounds excellent. Uh, let's... Let's continue talking about great books to gift for the holidays. Um, 
So, like, because we didn't, you know, plan this out like maybe we were supposed to, uh, we're instead going to offer up a few recommendations within some categories that we'll pretend that we're making up on the spot. And then uh, we'll pretend that all of our recommendations are off the cuff and that this was not really like 12 pages of planning. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Too true, too true. Yeah. It's like we we want it to sound spontaneous, but it certainly is not. Um, (laughs) Basically, we came up with some topics and themes that have been popular this year, like culturally as well as within the YA community. And uh, I'm offering up some like, okay, so you know a reader who loved X. Here are some ideas for um, what you can give them that would be similar. Or, um, you know, we'll just dive in. Let's just do it. Um, The first one felt like such a necessary category because it's so obvious. But uh, this is for the readers who love The Hate You Give, the book that has been number one on the New York Times bestseller list for what two years now uh, with a blockbuster movie that came out this year. And... um, I, and Andy Thomas has her next book coming out in like two months. Like it's unbelievable yeah. how much. Like, did you see the pictures of her line? No, I didn't. Oh man, I think it was at that. Maybe it was the festival you were at. I don't know. It was. It was a recent YA festival, and uh, uh, Epic Reads and other places were posting pictures of the line to get the arc for that book. Oh and man, people had lined up. People lined up for hours. I believe it to get a copy. Yeah, I believe it. I too. believe it. Oh man. Um, and, fun, like, this is not related to gift guides at all, but fun fact, like, her book next year uh, on the come up is about a young black female rapper, and so is Tiffany D. Jackson's new book that's coming out Ooh. next year, too. So, like, there are two books about young black female rappers next year, which is, I think, a really cool, like, I've never seen that before in YA as a one-off, let alone, like, two in the same year by two, like, great authors, so. yeah. Anyway, that has nothing to do with gift giving unless you want to pre-order those books, you know, for your excited readers in your life. Um, but for for my first recommendation for readers who love The Hate You Give would be Marco Shiro's Anger is a Gift, which came out this year. Um, it follows a teen boy named Moss in his Oakland high school as students become increasingly uh, placed under surveillance from administration and, uh, well, police after losing his father a few years earlier, Moss is adamant about ensuring police don't overstep their authority. So when all of these um, new rules are put into place, he convinces his classmates to push back against some of these unnecessary measures, especially when they see somebody getting a little bit more roughed up than necessary. Um, it's a book about standing up for yourself, about, you know, the role that police brutality plays in communities of color. And it's just an excellent, excellent read. Um, that's Marco Shiro's Anger is a Gift. There's also the book that I think you spent like the first half of the year yelling at me to yeah. dig in and read. Uh, and Kelly was correct. Of course. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, and this is such a good question. Uh, that's just such a good list to bring up because I feel like you see like endless, you know, if you like the hate you give lists, uh, pretty much everywhere, which with good cause because the book is amazing. Um, and I think my first one, uh, I'd like to bring up Dear Martin by Nick Stone. Um, 
Mostly because I also feel like this is a great read for reluctant readers, mm-hmm. too, because of how short it is and the experimental prose, which jumps back and forth in formats. Um, sometimes it's like a novel. Sometimes it's like a screenplay. Um, and you can read it in a day. Um, it's about a teen who's writing letters to Martin Luther King Jr. as he wrestles with uh, frustrations about the unfairness of oppression uh, in his life. Um, it's moving. It's very fast-paced. And, uh, yeah, you'll read it right I mean, you'll read it in a single night, and mm-hmm. then you'll go back and you'll read it again, uh, because you should. Uh, and that is Dear Martin by Nick Stone. My next one is one I brought up earlier in the year on the podcast, having said I didn't read it yet. And then um, as soon as I was at the library looking for something to read, I picked it up. Uh, and that is I Am Alfonso Jones by Tony Medina. It's a graphic novel, and it's uh, a gut punch. really, really is. Um when buying his first suit after he has scored the lead role in his high school's hip-hop version of Hamlet, Al- um, Alfonso goes to a shop to, to buy a suit and a police officer sees him holding a hanger and believes it to be a gun, so he shoots him. Um, Alfonso dies and the book then travels to Alfonso's afterlife where he meets and engages with all of these other people of color who have died by police violence. Um, It's really moving. It's emotional. And it is a book that I think readers who love the hate you give will love. And I think those who really like the movie will like a whole lot too, because it it has that visual element with uh, being a graphic novel. And that is I am Alfonso Jones by Tony Medina. That sounds awesome. I, okay. Yep. All right. Things to buy. Uh, and my last one here is uh, Tyler Johnson Was Here by Jay Coles, which we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. Um, it's about a teen boy uh, whose victim, uh, rather, uh, it's about a teen boy whose twin uh, is a victim of uh, police brutality. And goodness, it's a heartbreaking and staggering read with a cover that uh, begs to be face out on mm-hmm. your bookshelf. Um, yeah, definitely a great book to pair with The Hate You Give or with uh, Marker Shiro's book. And that is uh, Tyler Johnson Was Here by Jay Coles. I, I love that we have so many read-alikes for The Hate You Give, but I also yeah. hate that we have so many read-alikes for The uh, Hate You yes. Give, you know? It's one of those things where you're like, we shouldn't need this many, but mm-hmm. here we are. Um, changing tone a bit, one of the other big movies of 2018, and not just in the Y community, but uh, to all kinds of viewers because of it being released on Netflix first is, of course, To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han. I can't remember what the number was. It was like some staggering number of people watched it um, this year. And I would not be surprised if we hear sequel news sooner rather than later. Oh, I hope so. They like set it up like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So uh, if you or... Uh, any readers in your life are obsessed with the movie, we've got some more recommendations. And these are all rom-coms, because of course they are. Um, and I, I'm sticking with the rom-com thing and not the love-com thing in my recommendations. Um, my first one is, of course, I believe in a thing called Love by Maureen Goo, because anything Maureen Goo writes is going to be great, it's going to be fun, it's going to be funny, and it's going to be romantic. Um Desi Lee is a girl who simply can't get it together in her social or her love life, even if she's really great at school. Uh, when she has a chance to flirt with the hottest boy ever, Desi goes to extreme measures. She decides to apply the formula used by the heroines in the Korean dramas her father's obsessed with. 
So she's taking this formula from K-dramas and applying it to her love life, you know, so that it's very academic in nature. Uh, Armed with a plan, she will be able to then catch the attention of Luca, her crush. However, it's not going to go as well as she thinks it's going to go. Uh, Get ready to laugh out loud and have some super secondhand embarrassment for Desi. And that is, I believe in a thing called love by Maureen Gu. Oh, goodness. I love her books. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yes, more YA rom-coms. Give them to me. Uh, Let me see. My first one um, is The Only Thing Worse Than Me Is You by Lily Anderson. Um, Full disclosure, there's a blurb from me on the back of this book because I loved it that much. Um, The back and forth between the characters in this novel are so hilarious um, and it makes it very unputdownable. It's a YA rom-com set around fandom uh, with a Shakespearean-esque twist if you can't tell from the title. You know, The Only Thing Worse Than Me Is You, Ten Things I Hate About You. Taming of the Shrew, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, it's set in a comic book shop with uh, two teens who are uh, rivals for a... I forget, I forget what they're trying to get. It's like third place in the graduating class. Like, it's not valedictorian. It's something that's not quite a thing. But they're definitely <laughs> battling for it. Um, and it's just so funny, and the banter is so great. Um, and, like, yeah, just get it. It's like a geeky uh, <laughs> hug. It's like if Comic-Con could be a person and gave you a big hug. And that is uh, The Only Thing Worse Than Me Is You by Lily Anderson. I have not read this book or her other book, which I think you're going to talk about later. Um, but I need oh, to. Yes. Every time I hear about them, I'm like, ah, it sounds like something I need to read. And I just haven't yet. <laughs> um, my next pick is one that like, I know we've talked about a million times. But hey, what's a million and one, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> It's The Summer of Jordi Perez and The Best Burger in Los Angeles by Amy Spaulding. Hey, YA favorite here. Um, Amy Spaulding, like Maureen Goo, is just so good at rom-com. And uh, Jordi Perez will leave fans of Laura Jean wanting even more. Fashion-obsessed Abby scores an internship at her favorite clothing store, and she couldn't be more excited about this. Um, except... When she gets there, she discovers she's sharing the internship with Jordi Perez, and she immediately decides that as much as she wants to, she can't pursue a relationship with this awesome girl. Too bad Abby doesn't know how to follow her own advice. Uh, (laughs) Also, there's a little thread in there about finding the best burger in Los Angeles because this friend's dad is building an app about this. So uh, if you love, like, descriptions of food and Los Angeles and just, like, the whole vibe of... Getting to go test burgers for an app, like, that is such a fun little little part of the book. Um, and that is The Summer of Jordi Perez and The Best Burger in Los Angeles by Amy Spaulding. Oh, I love that book so much. I'm so <laughs> glad you brought her up because now I feel less guilty about slipping in A Conspiracy of Stars. <laughs> um, and for my rom-com rec, um, I'm just going to say Anything by Morgan Matson. Am I allowed to do that? Yes. Um, just say Anything. Uh, because honestly, if you, speak up, if you pick up a Morgan Matson book, um, you're going to feel like you're getting a hug. Uh, I mean, to be fair, Second Chance Summer is a little bit devastating. You know, there's some hard stuff in there. Uh, but her recent novels, uh, Save the Date, which features a teen being an absolute disaster at her sister's wedding, uh, and the wedding itself is a hot mess, um, and The Unexpected Everything, which is a great friendship story with some romance and dog walking, which... I guess kind of ties into uh, our love of Amy Spaulding right there, <laughs> considering. Um, oh no, what's the dog walking book? The uh, oh, it's it's the oh man, the one where the the boy uh, is in a band. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I know I, we the talk, new guy. We've talked about the it. New the new guy. The new guy. Yes, <laughs> we've talked about that book a million times. Uh, 
And yeah, both of them are just so devourable and so fun. And they're really big. She writes really big uh, YA rom-com friendship books. Um, And you know what? You love every page and you want them to be even longer. So uh, yeah, maybe start with Save the Date. Uh, her most recent one, and then pick up the unexpected everything. Uh, you're guaranteed to see lot. You're guaranteed to see lots of cute dogs. Uh, read about ice cream and uh, laugh a whole bunch. Let's. Um, I'm like looking at our agenda, which is literally 12 pages long. Um, let's let's pick one each for the next categories we have, so that like we can we can knock out a whole bunch more. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. So our next one is for readers who are smitten with Dumplin' uh, because Dumplin' will be hitting Netflix uh, like maybe a week or two after this episode drops. So uh, just in time for holiday gift-giving season, my recommendation is going to be a book I haven't read yet but that I requested at the library, and that book would be Mammoth by Jill Baguchinsky. Yes. Awesome. Um... I just put it on hold at the library, and we obviously offered up some recommendations for it earlier, but it follows a paleontology geek named Natalie who loves fashion and just got her dream internship at an Ice Age dig site. She thinks it'll be the perfect summer until one of her heroes in the field takes credit for one of her finds, and she has to stand up for herself in a field that's dominated by big male personalities. Meanwhile, she is a fat teen girl, and it's set in Texas. Uh, those things I added there because they, you know, Dumplin' alike. Um, yeah. It sounds like it would be such a great read for people who love Dumplin' uh, for many of the same reasons as well as a number of reasons that set it apart. And that is Mammoth by Jill Baguchinsky. Hooray! Uh, and for me, um, you know, again, I appreciate anything with Mammoth. Um, I'm going to bring up another Lily Anderson book, because um, Undead Girl Gang <laughs> is a wild, <laughs> hilarious romp surrounding um, an undead girl gang. Uh, <laughs> so our main character brings her best friend back to life um, to help her deal with some bullies. And unfortunately, she also brings some bullies uh, back to life. And <laughs> It's just a delightful book featuring a uh, fat protagonist, and it is, I mean... It's so fun and imaginative and ridiculous. Uh, you're going to absolutely love it. And that's uh, Undead Girl Gang, <laughs> which I just, even the title, I love it. <laughs> uh the next category, Eric doesn't have anything written on, written down for, so I'm going to make him, like, do this one off the cuff. Um, ah. I know. So the category is for readers who are itching for, quote, something different. And uh, my pick for this one, to buy Eric a little more time here, um, is The Apocalypse of Elena Mendoza by Sean David Hutchinson. It came out January or February this year, and so it's one of those books that I think kind of got uh, buried a little bit with as many other books came out, you know, since then. Um, Elena is a bisexual Cuban-American, born from a virgin, and she has the power to perform miracles. She's able to miraculously heal her crush after a random shooting at Starbucks, and she's able to also make that shooter suddenly disappear into air. These are cool things she can do. But also, uh, it's kind of annoying that the girl on the tampon box talks to her. Uh, you know. She she's got some pluses and some minuses going on with these powers she has, and this is this is one of those like weird genre bending books that uh, really just like throws it all out there. Um, it is the perfect definition of quote something different as are the rest of Sean David Hutchinson's books. So uh, this one is the Apocalypse of Elena Mendoza. And I thought of one <laughs> while you were talking. 
And that is, uh, speaking of weird different books, uh, Your Robot Dog Will Die by Aaron Greenwood. Um, so this is a really interesting book. It's uh, set in a world where uh, dogs have sadly been euthanized all around the uh, world, um, and the ones that remain are basically just studied um, as a result of a genetic experiment that has... Um, well, basically ruined dogs for everybody. Um, and it t- introduces readers to a girl who lives on Dog Island, a company that makes uh, mechanical robotic dogs uh, as a replacement uh, for the dogs we lost. And, uh, yeah, she finds a actual dog, a living puppy that is wagging its tail and happy to see her and everything like that. And these living dogs are illegal and need to be taken away, but there's no way she's going to let anyone hurt uh, this adorable little puppy. Um, so yeah, it's a heartbreaking book uh, because of what happened to the dogs and also what happens to uh, her brother, uh, who she is currently grieving. Um, but it's also a really fun book about hope and discovery, and I think you will like it. It's very weird. <laughs> uh, the next category is for readers who are snobby and don't believe why books are real literature. Uh, I know. We all know those people. And, like, my first take on this was get some new friends and family. Um, yeah. Because those people... You hear that, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that, sure that you know, they're listening to this podcast episode yes. and going, oh, I should reconsider. <laughs> I'm an hour in. I should reconsider all of my life choices. Uh, yep. If you can't do that, however... Uh, I suggest The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo. It's a National Book Award winner. It's a Boston Globe Horn Book Award winner. It's a novel in verse. It's the epitome of awesome literary YA. It follows Ziamara, a young girl living in Queens, who discovers slam poetry as a means of understanding her mother's super conservative religious beliefs, as well as uh, her own place within those beliefs. When Ciamara secretly joins her school's slam club, she realizes she'll have to confront the challenges of her mother sooner rather than later. Uh, the exploration of faith and being a first-generation America will resonate with so many readers, as will Ziamara's passion for writing. It's beautiful, it's in verse, and um, I, I've been told, I haven't listened to it, I've been told that the um, audiobook is excellent, too, and that could be a nice, Ooh. that could be a nice, like, here, try this, don't tell somebody it's YA, you know, they'll listen to it, and then you can be like, look how great YA is. Um, and that is The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo. That's awesome. Yeah, the the audiobook has to be amazing for that. Um, so for me, I'm going to say uh, Jeff Zentner's debut, The Serpent King. Um, it won slash was nominated for, like, every award <laughs> under the sun when it came out. Uh, and it tells a shifting POV story uh, about a trio of teens wrestling with their own uh, complicated family and personal issues, uh, including the main character, uh, Dill, who has to deal with the weight of what happened to his father and the shame that it's brought upon uh, him and his family. Um, his dad is a guy who used to bring snakes, venomous snakes, to his sermons and maybe had a terrible fall from grace as a result of bringing those snakes that are poisonous and handing around to people. Uh, hint, hint. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's this great book uh, that's about uh, just not fitting in, um, but finding ways to fit in together with the people you care about. Um, and you're going to cry. And that is uh, The Serpent King uh, by Jeff Zentner. So uh, we have a few more categories, but like we're not going to get to them because we would be recording this podcast for six more hours. Um, and we would bring up the same books a few more times just because that's who we are. 
Um, So let's like maybe just throw out like one more book that you would throw on a wish list that would be good for any kind of reader. Um, I I came up with this one just now because I was sitting here like looking at my bookshelf going, oh, I haven't talked about that book at all. And that would be a really good one. Uh, So mine is Modern Her Story by Blair Amani. It's one of those collective biographies that have been like published in abundance the last few years. But this one looks at uh, a lot of current women doing women and non-binary individuals doing awesome things in a whole host of different like fields and backgrounds. There's a lot of young people in here. Uh, I believe she has somebody in there who is 11 or 12. Um beautifully illustrated and just like a way to introduce readers to modern like awesome ladies and non-binary individuals uh and that is modern her story by blair amani oh man i'm trying to think what is i'm trying to think of the book that i like have gifted the most this year Mm -hmm. um because there's always like one book that like i'm constantly giving away and um I think this year it's it's Heart of Iron by Ashley Poston. That has been like my go-to, let me get my friends into reading YA books sort of book. Um, because it's like an accessible space opera. Uh, usually when I mention space opera to my fan, my friends, their eyes start to glaze over <laughs> and I lose them completely. Um, but this one is like a, a YA space opera retelling of Anastasia. Uh, Obviously set in space with uh, robots that have been banned uh, and a teen girl who joins a roving band of space pirates a la Firefly uh, with her best friend who happens to be one of these banned uh, illegal robots, also known as Metals. Uh, And as they are exploring the universe, uh, they discover uh, maybe the reasons the Metals got banned are a little darker and more complicated than they could uh, possibly imagine. And she's trying to save the robot best friend who she might also be in love with uh, from... Uh, something happens to him. He gets, like, sick. <laughs> How do robots get sick? They have a virus. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and it's just wonderful and thrilling and fun. And the sequel comes out next year. So that has been my book I've given away way too much. Uh, I think I've bought it, like, six times this year. <laughs> And that is the story of Hey YA, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> uh, on that note, I hope that this holiday gift guide was helpful. Even if you're not giving any of these books as gifts to other people, you can give them to yourself as gifts. Uh, yeah. They're gifts from us as your podcast hosts. Uh, and you're thinking, some of these gifts you've given us five million times, time to move on. Uh, tough. You're listening <laughs> to the Hey YA podcast uh, where we don't follow the rules. But uh, on that note, Thank you for tuning in again this week. If you've got any feedback on the show, you can uh, leave it on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing. And when you do that, it helps other people find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors for help helping make the show possible. I don't know why it's so difficult for me to talk today. Um, <laughs> you can find me, Kelly Jensen, on Twitter and Instagram as Veronica Kelly Mars. And you can find Eric Smith on Twitter and Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks. And we will talk to you all again in two weeks. Bye. Bye.